This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. From many emails I receive, and believe me, I appreciate every one, a number of my listeners have mentioned their love of the tried-and-true Westerns that have entertained audiences over the years. So, with those folks in mind, let's go back to 1942. Uh, coincidentally, the year I was born. Yeah, yeah, I'm an old fart. Anyway, uh, back to the uh, wonderful business of radio. Alrighty, now, where was I? Oh, yeah, just about to introduce another episode of The Lone Ranger. He first appeared in 1933 in a radio show conceived either by WXYZ, Detroit radio owner George W. Trendle, or by Fran Stryker, the show's writer. The uh, radio series proved to be a hit and spawned a series of books largely written by Stryker. Now, in addition, Fran Stryker and George Trendle drew up the following guidelines that embody who and what the Lone Ranger is. Here we go. The Lone Ranger was never seen without his mask or some sort of disguise. He was never captured or held for any length of time by lawmen, avoiding his being unmasked. He always used perfect grammar and precise speech devoid of of slang and colloquialisms. Whenever he was forced to use guns, he never shot to kill, but instead tried to disarm his opponent as painlessly as possible. And he rarely referred to himself as the Lone Ranger. His decision to adopt the moniker of Lone Ranger was inspired by Tonto following the ambush at Bryant's Gap. Tonto observed him to be the only ranger left. In other words, he was the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger never drank or smoked. The saloon scenes were usually shown as cafes with waiters and food instead of bartenders and liquor. Wow, a lot to live up there, don't you think? Well... Let's get him and Tonto into action with the episode, Guns Across the Border. Thank you. 
With his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, the masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. The stories of his strength and courage, his daring and resourcefulness, have come down to us through the generations. And nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. There's trouble on the border. I'll Silver. The full southwestern moon rode high over the flat and wooded border country. Then slowly, as though reluctant to hide its face, the huge silver disk slipped behind a bank of heavy clouds. And in the soft and sudden darkness which followed, there was only one sound to break the quiet, the mournful hoot of a night owl. The sound seemed to fade away into the deep shadows of tangled mesquite and chaparral, when suddenly it found an echo. An echo that was deeper and more strident, but unmistakably the hoot of another owl. Very few people would have found anything strange or unusual in the sound of night birds on the rangeland, and they might have been surprised at the concern it caused two horsemen who reined up sharply beside a clump of pinion trees. One of the men was astride a powerful white stallion, and the upper half of his face was covered with a black mask. His companion was a grave-faced Indian dressed in buckskin and riding a paint. As they scanned the darkened landscape, the Lone Ranger spoke to Tonto. Did you hear that, Tonto? Uh, me here. The hood of a night owl. Should be. Listen. Yes, there it is again. Ah. It isn't exactly musical. That not night bird. That man sound. I agree with you, Tonto. It's a poor imitation of an owl. Um, plenty poor. But it's a pretty good sign that rustlers are working here along the border. Owl hoots are their favorite signals. Rustlers work past while moon behind cloud. We'll head for the river. They go over the border, they'll use the ford. Come on, Silver. Get him up, scout. <laughs> As the Lone Ranger and Tonto rode to a high rise above the riverbank, returning moonlight flooded the entire scene. Below them stretched the broad yet shallow stream which marked the international border. And down its brushy slopes came a milling herd of longhorn cattle. Oh, who does wrestle he big herd? Too big for the number of men who are driving it. Look, there are only two men on point. Two more on the heel and drag. Rustlers take plenty big chance. I can't understand it. Cattle thieves don't usually run that kind of risk. Tonto ride quick, stampede herd. No way, Tonto. Those men, whoever they are, must know there are patrols on each side of the river. Yet they try to rustle a large herd under full moonlight and... The border police, rallies. They come from both sides. The rangers, too. Uh, we help. No, Tonto. I think the Mexican police and the rangers can handle it better than we can. Uh, plenty good. Cattle stampede, rustler, moose. They're on the run, all right. That's what I can't understand. Crook not fight. It's not that. The whole thing seems too easy. You think it bad? Why should only four men try to rustle a large herd in bright moonlight when they know a patrol is nearby? Maybe Crook forget. Why did they turn tail and run when the rally surprised them? Mm, me not know. Neither do I. The man who gave that first owl hoot we heard may have some information. Come on, Silver. Get him up, Scout. What direction was the first call? It come from west. Here, this is close enough. Under these cottonwoods, Bo Silver. Oh, boy. Scout, oh, fella. Oh, oh. All right, Tato. See if we can flush one of those imitation owls. Give them one of their own calls. Ah. Maybe crook not. 
him close. Try it again. She'll have no trouble finding us. Don't say anything, Tonto. Let him talk first. I heard you screech. After the rally's hightailed, I figured you were... Yes, we thought you'd figure that way. What's that? Last man on an Indian. Who are you? Easy, Silver. That's exactly the question I was going to ask you. I'm not going to answer. Better keep that gun in leather. Safer. Huh. You've got the drop on me. Well, what do you want? What's your name? Max Snyder. Not that it's any of your business. I'm making it my business. You're plenty smart, aren't you? And you got me covered with a six-gun. What I want to know, Snyder, is why you and your owl hoot friends staged that fake rustling stunt a few minutes ago. Why should I gab to you? For Adobe Dollar, I'd plug you even with that gun in your hand. Oh, for Adobe Dollar, you'd shoot me. That's very interesting. Hello. Uh-huh. You happen to have a coin in your pocket? Uh-huh. Hunter got Adobe Dollar. Toss it up in the air, right above Mr. Snyder's head. Uh-huh. Snyder, I think you'll find that dollar somewhere at the bottom of the tree, right behind you. What are you trying to do? Go on, look for it. You plugged that dobie right in the center. It's a dollar you asked for, Snyder. Do you still want to use your gun? No. I can't match that kind of shooting. But I can do that. Shoot yourself, Snyder. No mask on. He's going to tell me what Oh, yes, he is. Oh, Oh, that very good. We leave Crook here, huh? No, Tonto. We'll send him home, wherever that is. Here, help me throw him across the door, Snyder. We'll tie him to the saddle. Why, we help him. Steady there. Because his horse looks well fed. If we turn him loose, he'll head for his home corral. There. Tighten that saddle cinch. Uh We'll follow him. All right, boy, head for home. Here, Silver. Easy, big fella. He's heading south. That means the other side of the border. Uh-huh. Come on, Silver. Get him up, scout. It was a strange procession that wound through the cottonwood and chaparral. A Mustang with the unconscious Max Snyder strapped to the saddle led the way. The pony's hunger was guiding it instinctively to the feed that awaited it in a distant corral. The Lone Ranger followed on the great horse, Silver. Tonto brought up the rear. The little cavalcade forded the broad river and climbed a bank that overlooked desolate sage and mesquite flats. Then it moved southward for several hours and finally reached the outskirts of a small village. Tonto, ride up and grab Snyder's pony. Uh-huh. Get him up, scout. Ho, oh, oh, Silver, ho. Oh. Evidently, he's heading for one of those doby houses in the town up ahead. Uh-huh. I know this village, Tonto. It's Kalita. Maybe rustler here, huh? It's notorious as a hideout for American outlaws. Uh, what we do now? I'll go ahead on foot and see what I can find out. I'd better disguise myself. Huh? How to fix it, easy fellow. Hurry, there's no time to lose. The Lone Ranger removed his mask and his outer clothing. Then from a saddle pack, he donned a nondescript outfit of leather chaps and cotton shirt. Meanwhile, Tonto, through the use of certain wild berries and herbs, had changed the appearance of the mystery rider's face. The alteration was almost magical. Where the Lone Ranger had stood a few moments before, there was now just an ordinary cowboy. Well, how do I look, Tonto? Oh, plenty different. Now, what you do? There's a small canteen in town. 
there are any outlaws in this territory, that's where I'll find them. Uh, Hunter, wait here. Only for a few minutes. Give me time to get there, then turn the Mustang loose. Uh. Wait a little while longer, then bring the horses and close in. But uh, keep your eyes open for trouble. Uh, Hunter, watch out. All time. I know you will, Kimosabe. That's why I can take this chance. <laughs> Thank you, but I'm looking for someone. Quién es? His name is Snyder, Max Snyder. Snyder? Is he here? Quién sabe? It's very important. I've got to see him. Muy bien. Follow me. Here I am, Stina. Me gusta. No nos por señor Snyder. Yeah. Say hello, Augustina. Buenas, señor. Howdy, stranger. Augustina tells me you're looking for Max Snyder. Yes, I am. Is he here? Well, not right now. You a friend of Max? We were together earlier this evening. I had an idea he'd meet me here. Well, he might be in for the night's over. It's hard to tell about Snyder. Yes, I know. But if you're a friend of Max, you're welcome to hang around and wait for him. Thanks. My name's Sam Peavy. I run this place. If you're going to wait for Mac, why don't you have a drink or dance with one of the girls? Thanks. Maybe I will. You're on your own. i got to leave you. I'm talking business with an hombre at that big table in the bank. I'll get along, all right. Uh, who was it, Sam? Yeah, just a cowpuncher from the States. He's waiting for Mac Snyder. Yeah, so am I. Wonder why that foreman ain't showed up. You'll be along. Now sit down. I'll finish telling you about what happened tonight. <laughs> You mean the dumber Raleigh's didn't roll out, the rustling was only a blind? Nah. <laughs> they went for it hook, line, and sink. So did the Texas Rangers. Hey, what happened? Nothing. Boys just left the Longhorns in the middle of the river and hightailed it. Any shooting? Yeah, some. That made it look more real. Hey, how about the guns? Did you get them across the border all right? <laughs> Slick as a whistle. Packed them over about a mile above where all the ruckus broke out. Good. Where are they now? Up at the old Diablo mine. We'll deliver them tomorrow and collect the cash. Butcher, I've got to hand it to you. You're a slick one. <laughs> yeah, brains, that's all it takes, Sam. Brains. Didn't I tell you we could make plenty of money running guns in Mexico? Me and the boys do the work, and you run this cantina for a hideout. Well, it beats dodging the law up in the States. Well, sure it does. We've already made enough to buy the Eldorado Ranch. When we get tired of running guns, we can... So we can go out there and retire. Sure. <laughs> Let's have another drink on there. Yeah. Well, Augustina. Si, sí, senor. Traeme una bebida. Adela. Si, sí, si. Sí. You know, Butcher? Hey, wait. That hombre just got up and left. He was sitting right here behind us. What hombre? The one you were talking to at the bar. You said he was waiting for Max Snyder. I bet he was listening to every word we said. Ah, you loco, Butcher. Well, maybe I am. What's the matter? Ah, talk English. What's wrong? Stuck me up and knocked me cold. Mask man, what are you talking about? Well, then how could you send a cowpuncher here to the cantina to meet you? I didn't send no puncher down here. What? Sam, that hombre, where is he? Why, he's... There he goes, out the back door. Stop that fireman! Somebody stop him! Get out of here! Oh! 
Krell, come on. That white horse, that's the army that... Get him! After him! The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Continue our story. After the Lone Ranger made his daring escape from the cantina, the outlaws soon gave up the pursuit. Well, 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 steady, boy. That was him, Butcher. I know it was, even though he wasn't wearing a mask. mask. Why should an outlaw like that try to hone in on us? I don't know, Sam. All I know is he packs a wallop like a mule, and he can shoot a dollar out of midair quicker than a jackrabbit can jump. What's that? I saw him do it. Here. Here's a dopey dollar with a bullet mashed in it. Let me see. Hey, wait. Let me see that. Why... What's the matter, Sam? This bullet. It was made out of silver. Oh, what of it? That can only mean one thing. That hombre wasn't no cowpuncher. He was a lone ranger. The lone ranger? Yeah, we'd better get oh, out wait, of... Wait, wait. Don't get all riled up. But suppose he did hear you and me talking in the cantina. He heard about the guns being at the Diablo mine. Yeah, Butcher, and he might blab to the Morales. Yeah, even if he does, it won't hurt us none. <laughs> I just thought of a plan that'll take care of everything. Yeah, what? Well, let's go back to the cantina and have a drink. <laughs> I'll tell you about it. Get up. Get up. Come on. And while Butcher was unfolding his plan to trap the masked man, the subject of his discussion was riding a back trail several miles to the south. Oh, Silver, what's going on, Tonto? Oh, you saved my life, Tonto. You and Silver hadn't been waiting in the corral. I'd never have made it. <laughs> Tonto glad came Kimasabi, silly fellow. <laughs> now we have a lot to do, and time is short. Uh-huh. Tonto, got my clothes in the saddlebag. I remove the disguise from uh, my face. Crooks, Captain Rasmus. Worse than that, Tonto. They're gun runners. That's what they did tonight. Brought guns across the border. While the fake rustling held the Morales. You know where they put guns? An old abandoned mine called the Diablo. We go there now? No, first we ride back to the village. Butcher and his gang will leave there soon. Is getting ready to leave. Uh. All right, you little boys, we ride down to ride a rancho. You sabe? We'll keep them inside, Tonto, but not too close. Uh. Come on, Silver. Get him up, Scout. Less than an hour later, the Lone Ranger and Tonto reined up their horses not far from the rambling El Dorado Ranch. Lights shone in the front part of the house where a dozen dismounted riders had been seen to enter. The masked man dismounted and, taking his lariat from his saddle, coiled it carefully. Now, remember what I told you, Tonto. My pistol shots will be your signal. Uh-huh. It'll be up to you to get the men away from the house. You'll lose them once you get on the trail. Uh-huh. Tonto, do it. I'm going over to that large window. Adios. Adios, Kimasabi. The masked man made no noise as he moved forward like a shadow toward the open window through which lamplight and raucous voices came. In a few moments, he reached his goal. The lone ranger unholstered one of his silver-mounted guns and aimed at a cluster of bottles on a large table in the center of the room. 
Somebody's close on him. After him. After him, you lobo. Butcher, the leader of the outlaws, came running onto the patio as his men disappeared on the trail of what they thought was an invader. The moment he stepped from the shelter of the house, there was a sudden swish of coiled leather through the air, and the outlaw found himself trussed for the Lone Ranger's lariat. Hey, what the... Quiet, I... Butcher. Do exactly as I tell you. Like a masked man. I'll keep this lariat around your waist. I'll also keep you covered with a gun. What are you going to do? We're going to mount your horse, and then we'll ride. Ride? Where? To the Diablo Mine. Come on, Butcher. It was over two hours before the Lone Ranger and his prisoner reached an abandoned silver mine known as El Diablo. They dismounted and entered a roughly built tool shed that hadn't been used for years. Well, Butcher, where are the guns? I don't know what you mean. Maybe you can understand the kind of language I spoke to Max Snyder. If you do, no, I'll... no, no. The guns are in packing boxes at the end of the shed. Just a minute. I'll verify that. Boxes are here, but... Yes, there are guns. Hundreds of them. Evidently, this is one time in your life when you told the truth. What are you going to do about it? Several things, Butcher. First, we'll walk back to the door. My Indian friend has escaped from your caballeros. Outlaw? Not a bit, Tonto. I can see you lost the company you had. Oh, them not catch Scout. The guns are here. Uh, what we do with Crook? We're going to take him back across the border. Oh, no. I no. think the Texas Rangers might have a few things to talk over with, Mr. Butcher. But first, I'm going to report this cache of guns to the Rurales and tell them where they can find the rest of the gang. You ride alone, Kimasabi? Yes, Tonto. One of us has to stay here and take care of Mr. Butcher. Ah. Uh, here. Keep the lariat around him. Uh, Tonto, watch him. I'll be back as soon as I can find the Mexican police. Yes, Silver. Easy, big fella. Keep your eye on him, Tonto. Uh-huh. Come on, Silver. The first flush of daybreak was coloring the southern sky when the Lone Ranger rode up to the camp of the Rurales. Ho, ho, Silver, ho. Alpo. Buenos dias. Quien estes? An amigo. I wish to see El Capitan. El Captain yes, is... Yes. El Captain. It's El Composito. Composito. Mask man. I'm glad that you know me because and I... Why not? I, Captain Sanchez, have been informed of your evil doings. It's well that you give yourself up instead of putting us to the trouble of pursuing you. Oh, I see. Will the captain be so kind as to tell me what crime I'm accused of committing? You stole cattle from the Rancho Dorado. You escaped last night when we thought we had you trapped at the border. Oh, evidently Mr. Butcher thought of everything. What is that you say? Nothing. You've been misinformed, Captain. I'm not a rustler. The man who accuses me is a gunrunner. Gunrunner? He tricked you at the border last night, but I caught him. He's a prisoner at the Diablo Mine. The contraband guns are there with him. Senor Butcher, a prisoner? But no, it cannot be true. Mientes, you lie. Come with me and I'll prove the truth of what I say. You will prove it or die. Uh, give me your guns. Here they are, Captain. We will go at once to the Ablo Mine. Alto, Hosilva, ho! Aviete. Get off your horse. Ready, Silver. Now, 
Where are these guns and this prisoner you speak of? Right over there in the tool shed. Well? Hello. Hello. The gone, senor, and the prisoner. It's quite obvious. Both of them are gone. Very well. You have led me on a fool's errand. Now you are under arrest, El Camparcita. I can't understand what's happened here. My Indian friend is gone, and I... Of course, it makes no difference to you. No, the slightest difference, senor. Suba de usted. Get on the horse. We return to camp. Lone Ranger was under military guard and being returned to the Rurales camp. He knew that although the captain was mistaken, it would mean a costly delay. The outlaws had evidently turned the tables on Tonto, and his loyal Indian friend's life might even now be in danger. Masked man resolved to escape. His hands were not bound, and the Rurales captain was riding beside him. It would be a simple matter to seize his guns and urge Silver into a gallop. However, getting away from the soldier's bullets would be more difficult, but he must make the attempt at all costs. It's up to you, Silver. To run for it, run hard. Oh, uh, Captain. Yes? You notice that cloud of dust to your left? It'll be caused by a man or. Well, well I, I don't see no dust. I'll I... take my guns back now. Come on, Silver. Come on, boy. Alto! Alto, Dante! Ayazi's guns! Andale! Tenmelo, Alto! Alto! Because of the stamina and speed of the great horse Silver, the masked man made a successful escape. The soldiers followed him for several miles, but they were soon outdistanced. All day long, under the broiling sun, the Lone Ranger searched for Tonto. He went back to the mine, the ranch, and even to the little village of Carlita. But nowhere could he find a trail of the Indian or his captors. Then, just as the sun was sinking, and as he rode past a broad plain of juniper trees and sagebrush, Silver stopped suddenly. What's wrong, Silver? Cut off the trail? All right, fella. One trail's as good as another. Silver. Silver, I see what you mean. It's Scout Tonto's horse. Ditched outside that dobe shack. Wait here for me, boy. Wait here. This is my idea of a tough break. Butcher sends us out here to guard this dumb Indian while the rest of the gang went to the cantina to celebrate. Yeah, why keep this engine alive anyway? Uh, Butcher thinks he can squeeze some information out of him. After use tougher treatment than he's used so far, this redskin's just naturally tongue-tied. What happened to the hombre with the mask? Morales has got him in jail. Butcher worked that out. I don't think so. Reach for him. It's him. Lone Ranger. Hello, are you all right? Oh, me fine. You untie hands. Untie the Indian's hands, Snyder. You better be quick about it. Sure, sure. Untie him. There. Not any better. Oh, I think it's time for the showdown. We're riding back to the cantina. Get outside and mount your horses. Remember, Otto and I are right behind you. How about it, Butcher? Raleigh's ought to have that mask vomit in military prison by now. Let's go over and look at him. <laughs> sure, we might as well. Put your hands up, all of you. It's a mask, man. This is one time you can't. Oh, my hand, my You're arm. You're not hurt. Now listen, all of you freeze. And just where you are now until... Alto! You arrived just in time, Captain. This gang of rustlers and gunrunners are your prisoners. El Comparsita. 
The masked one. I'm your prisoner, too. I uh, escaped while under arrest. Oh, no, no. It was I, Capitan Sanchez, who made the horrible mistake. I do not discover it until I return here and consult my superior. I offer a thousand apologies. That isn't necessary, Captain. But I'm sure you and your men can handle these outlaws. Rest assured, it shall be done. Antano, I think our work is over. Ah, yes, sir. Hey boy. Buenas noches, El Capitan. Buenas noches, El Comparsita. Come on, Silver. Come on, Scout. El Comparsita, the copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Stay tuned for the Jack Benny Show next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for the Jack Benny Show. And the episode first aired in 1942, Exchanging Shoelaces. With Barry Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. And now, ladies and gentlemen, once again we take you to Jack Benny's home in Beverly Hills, where we find Jack and Rochester in the library. Rochester. Rochester, do we have to be this quiet? Be patient, boys. I'm trying to use psychology. Psychology? Yeah, watch this. It was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a... We got him that time, boys! Good. Good. Now, now take the mouse out of the trap. Yes, sir. Hey, boss, great news, great news. What is it? We got him before he could eat the cheese. <laughs> well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have done him any good anyway. It's wax. <laughs> uh, 
come on, Rochester. Let's finish addressing my Christmas card. Okay. Now, let's see. We finished the ones to my relatives. Now, let's address the cards to the movie stars I know, huh? Yes, sir. I got the list right here. Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> MGM Studios. Rodney Dangerfield. Cyril Forsyth. <laughs> Universal International Studios. Cyril Forsyth. Marcella Underwood. Warner Brothers Studios. Marcella Underwood. Anthony Fisk. Paramount Studios. Anthony Fisk. Yeah. Well, that takes care of the pickets. Let's get to the stars. <laughs> These are stars. Every one of them. Now, let's see. Oh, yes. Ilka Thistledown, MGM Studios. Ilka Thistledown. Gee, how she ever missed getting the Academy Award last year, I'll never know. She was wonderful, and Andy Hardy blows his nose. <laughs> Uh, Bertram Holmquist, 20th Century Fox Studio. Bertram Holmquist. Gary Cooper, Paramount Studio. Gary Cooper. Who's he? <laughs> big, tall fellow. Pretty big star. Of course, he's not a Rodney Dangerfield, but he's coming along. Now, let's see. Who else? Oh, yes. Uh, Geraldine. Shh. Just a minute, boss. I think I hear another mouse. What? Quiet. Was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a... We got him, too! Good, good. Is he a big one? Uh-oh. What's the matter? There's nothing in the trap but a note. A note? Yeah, it says, you can recite Gun the Den, you ain't gonna catch me. Stop making things up. Well, all I know is we didn't catch him. Yeah, said it again, Rochester. But say, boss, with all these mice in the house, why don't you get a cat? Mouse traps don't drink milk. That's right. <laughs> well, we're through with the Christmas cards, and I think I got the presents all set. Oh, I meant to do this before. I got to get Don Wilson's house on the phone. Da da bum bum da dee da dum. Da da dee dum da dum ba bum. I got the sun in the morning and the smog at night. Hello? Oh, hello, Mrs. Wilson. This is Jack Benny. I was just singing to myself. Yeah, yeah yes. I, uh, yeah, I know Don is at the studio. That's why I picked this time to call. Now, Mrs. Wilson, I'm giving Don a beautiful pair of shoelaces for Christmas. <laughs> Yes. Yes, with metal tips. Oh, no. Of all the things he should have. Are you sure, are you sure he already has metal tips? Oh, gosh, well, I'll just have to exchange him again. <laughs> well, anyway, Mrs. Wilson, don't tell Don what I'm giving him. What? You wouldn't dare? <laughs> Thank you. The same to you. Goodbye. Wouldn't you know it, Rochester? All the trouble I went through at that department store last week. I could have taken plastic tips, but no. I had to take metal ones. Uh, by oh. the way, boss, this is Saturday. You're not forgetting your rehearsal, are you? Oh, no, no. Miss Livingston's sister, Babe, is going to pick me up and drive me to the studio. Miss Livingston's sister? Yes. Mary has a cold, and Babe came out from Plainfield to spend the holidays with her. 
Now, Rochester, bring me that package with the shoelaces. I'm going to stop by the store and exchange them. Yes, sir. And say, boss. Yeah? If you see a mousetrap that recites the night before Christmas, buy it. I'm getting hoarse. I'll look around. Yeah, I'm glad Mary's feeling better today, babe. Yes, she'll be all right in a couple of days. Good, good. Mm, nice delivery. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can talk loud. We're riding in a car. I hope Mert's listening, dude. I'm bum. She is a nice... Babe, oh, babe, put on your brakes, quick. There's a car coming right for us. That's going the other way. It's a new Studebaker. <laughs> See, you can't tell when those Studebakers are coming or going. I know. The other day, my boyfriend was hit by one. How? Oh. Well, he was standing on the corner trying to figure out whether it was coming or going, and the darn thing went sideways. <laughs> well, what do you know? Hey, there goes another one. It's a cute car, isn't it? It's so much glass. Yeah, looks like a Silex with wheels. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, another star is born. <laughs> I wonder... Don't be nervous, babe. Don't be nervous. That is a nice Studebaker. I wonder what model that one is. They have four models. Champion, Commander, Regular, and Drip. Oh, good. good. Oh, yeah. You know, babe, I was thinking, people who live in Studebaker shouldn't throw stones. <laughs> oh, Jackson, you keep this up and you'll have your own show, too. <laughs> yes, sir. No wonder my mother hates you. Well, you should read some of the stuff your mother writes about you. Believe me. Hey, there's Dennis standing over there in the corner. Let's stop and pick him up. Oh, Dennis! Dennis! Oh, hello, Mr. Benny. What are you doing standing on the corner, kid? You should be at the studio rehearsing. Well, I'm waiting for the Pico bus. But, Dennis, how can you get the Pico bus on Sunset Boulevard? My mother drives it. <laughs> Oh. And it doesn't cost me anything to ride, either. It doesn't? No. Mother pulls the bus up to the curb and shouts, No charge for babies in arms! Then she gets out and carries me in. <laughs> Dennis, stop that nonsense and get in the car. Okay. Uh, Dennis, this is Mary's sister, Miss Livingston. Hello, Miss Livingston. You can call me babe. You can call me toots. <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> Dennis, that's her name, babe. Oh. Well, let's go, babe. Come on. Say, babe, after we stop at the studio, I want to go down to the department store and exchange the gift I bought for Don Wilson. The shoelaces? Yeah, how'd you know? And Mary told me all the trouble she went through with you last week. Yeah, well, I can't help it. I got to get back and get those shoelaces with plastic tips. I want Don to be happy. Plastic tips, metal tips. With his stomach, he'll never see them anyway. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. Pretty good. That's right. Take a bow. I'm alone in the car. Take a bow anyway. <laughs> I guess you've never heard of mirrors, eh, babe? What'd you buy me for Christmas, Mr. Benny? I'm not going to tell you, Dennis, but it'll be under the tree on Christmas morning. Gee, another pine cone. <laughs> oh, no, it isn't. Say, babe... Every year I get a pine cone. Say, babe... The first year I didn't know it was a pine cone. What? I thought it was an artichoke and I ate it. <laughs> oh, Dennis, stop. Imagine eating a pine cone. Say, babe. The doctor pumped out my stomach and built a fire. A fire? Yeah, I was empty on the inside and burning on the outside. Oh, fire! 
Now, babe, when we get to the studio, we'll only stay a little while so I can go to the store. Phil is probably rehearsing Dennis's number. Oh, I rehearsed my song all morning. Would you like to hear it? Well, if you got to open your mouth, I'd rather have you sing. Go ahead. <laughs> but we're riding in a car. I know. Babe, put the top down. Some people may want to show their appreciation. <laughs> studio. Uh, wait in the car for me, babe. I'll only be a minute. Beg pardon, Governor, but you can't park your car here in front of Buckingham Palace. They're changing the guards now. <laughs> Buckingham Palace? This is NBC in Hollywood. Hollywood? My, my, in this fog, I must have strayed a bit off my beat. <laughs> You certainly must have. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll see you in a few minutes, babe. Okay, I'm hungry, so I'll go to the drugstore and get a chiswee sandwich. The whole family likes them. <laughs> Come on, Dennis, let's go. Now, Dennis, when you go over your number with Phil, be sure... Mr. And... Day, Mr. Day... May I have your autograph, please? Why, certainly. Have you got a pencil? Yes, sir. There you are. Thank you. 
Mm. Now, Dennis, as I was saying, I don't want to tell you how to do your song, even though I am the star of the show. But when you try to... Pardon me, Mr. David. May I have your autograph? Why, certainly, miss. Have you got a pencil? Yes, sir. There you are. Thank you. <laughs> Dennis. Huh? I'm afraid you'll have to give up your own show. <laughs> Now, as I was saying... But, Mr. Benny, people like me. Two of them just asked... I know what they did. <laughs> You've only had your show now 13 weeks. You're going around signing autographs. You don't have to be so hammy, you know. But they asked You me. didn't have to encourage them. You know, kid, when you've been in radio as long as I have, you take those things in your stride. You don't make such a big thing out of it. Well, Mr. Benny... Why, certainly. Have you got a pencil? <laughs> Come on, give me your pencil. If you want my autograph, I'm a busy star. Come on. I just want two nickels for a dime so I can use a phone. <laughs> well, I haven't got change. Come on, Dennis. Hmm. I've got change for a dime. All right, all right, you little show-off. I got change for a dime. I got change for a dime. It's my own fault. I picked you up when you had absolutely nothing. I put you on my show. I trained you. I coached you. And after working for me for seven years, what happened? I got changed for a dime. <laughs> All right. All right, I'll go to the studio to see how Phil is doing. I'll see you later, kid. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, now look, fellas, we've been rehearsing this thing for two hours. Now let's see if we can get it right this time. Will you come on? One, two. <laughs> That's not it either. I can't hear no brass. Oh. Oh, Phil. Just a minute, Buster. Now, look. We're going to try this thing once more, fellas. I want you to give it to me now. Take it from me. One, two. Oh, no, 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 no. What's the matter with you guys anyway? You're not giving me nothing. Phil. Phil, what are you rehearsing? White Christmas. <laughs> Phil. Phil, are you crazy? White Christmas is a beautiful song. It should be played softly with feeling. Can't your band play pianissimo? They're having enough trouble with White Christmas. Phil, pianissimo is not a song. It's a musical term meaning softly. Look, Jackson, why don't you just take care of the jokes and leave the music to me? I won't leave the music to you. This is my program. I want the music to be good. What are you talking about? I'm rehearsing this for my own show. <laughs> Your own show? Certainly. Why else would Alice be back there playing the trombone? <laughs> oh, now cut that out. You got a lot of nerve rehearsing the music for your show on my time. 18 men at $6 a man. That's $108. You expect me to pay for that? Why not? You've been doing it all season. 
Well, how do you like that? I got a good mind to take those boys and throw them right off the program. In fact, I think I will right after the first of the year. You're only bluffing. I am not. Then why wait till after the first of the year? Why don't you fire them right now? Because their green complexions and their bloodshot eyes make a nice color scheme for Christmas. <laughs> That's why. I haven't got time to argue with you. I got to go down to the department store. Oh, Jack, can you spare a minute for me? Oh, oh, hello, Don. I didn't see you. It's trouble. What, what do you want? Well, I'm rehearsing the commercial with the quartet, and I want you to hear it. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Don, last week was the first time that I thought that quartet was really all right. And if they can give me something like that again, it'll be okay. Jack, I'm glad to hear you say that, because this week we've got something even better. Better than last week? Mm-hmm. Good, good, Don. Come on, let me hear it. Okay, ready, boys? Let's go. Lucky strike means fine tobacco. Yes, lucky strike means fine tobacco. my Yuletide shop. Goodbye, boy. <laughs> Goodbye, Don. Goodbye. The tenor tripped me. <laughs> Goodbye. is even more crowded than it was last week. Yeah. Did you have to come back here just to exchange those shoelaces? I think it's ridiculous. Well, babe, I might as well get what I want. After all, I'm Jack, I... Jack. Huh? Watch out for that fellow in back of you. Why, what? He looks like a pickpocket. Oh, yeah. Don't worry, babe. Watch this. It was the night before Christmas, <laughs> and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a... I got him, babe. I got him. <laughs> hey, buddy, what were you doing with your hand in my pocket? I was just returning the junk I stole from you last week. Junk? When I turned that stuff in, I was almost thrown out of the pickpockets' guild. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I ought to have you thrown in jail. Come on, Mary. Come on, babe. Let's exchange these shoelaces and get out of here. Okay. Well, Babe Livingston of all people. <laughs> well, Sarah Sauerbraten. Sarah Sauerbraten? What are you doing in town, babe? Oh, I just came out here to get a little California sunshine. Oh, you'll be out here a long time. <laughs> you know, babe, I always thought you'd marry Steve Ferguson, the fellow who worked at the gas station. Oh, we broke up, Sarah. I haven't seen Steve in years. Well, you should have hung on to him. He's got his own gas station now with three grease pits. <laughs> he had those grease pits when I went with him. That's why we broke up. Really? Yes. Every time I sat on his lap, I slipped through. Come on, babe. Let's go. Say, uh, who's this gentleman with the mousetrap? Anything serious? Babe, come on. Will you? i got a lot of shopping to do. Well, so long, babe. I've got to get back to the music counter. I demonstrate songs here. Okay. Goodbye, Sarah. Goodbye. I'll tell Steve I've seen you. <laughs> Let's go, babe. I want to... Meg, I, come on, babe. I want to change these shoelaces. Well, well, if it isn't Jack Benny or Mr. Benny, hello! <laughs> Who's that, Lily Pond? I don't know. Oh, Mr. Benny, may I have your autograph, please? I gave you my autograph last week. Yes, I know, but on my way home, I lost it. I'm so careless. Jack Benny, so very careless! <laughs> there you are. Thank you, Mr. Benny. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Goodbye. Goodbye! What a character. <laughs> oh, babe, there's the notions department right beside the music counter there. Come on. Oh, look, babe, your girlfriend is going to sing. Give me five minutes more, only five minutes more. Let me stay, let me stay in your arms. It's a thrilling and I'm so weak and willing. Here am I, baby. Here we are, babe. Here's the notions counter. Now I can exchange the shoelaces. Hmm. I don't see the man that waited on me last week. Well, I'll find out where he is. Oh, madam. Yes? Uh, where's the gentleman who was at this counter last week? Oh, oh, you mean my husband. He's in a sanitarium. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. What happened? Well, some jerk came in here to buy some shoelaces and... <laughs> He couldn't make up his mind whether he wanted plastic chips or metal chips, and he drove my husband crazy. Really? All week he's been lying in bed, staring into space and screaming, plastic chips, metal chips, plastic chips, metal chips. Really? I... And once he said, I've got rubber chips too, but I won't tell him. I won't tell him. I won't tell him. I'm sorry. I, I do hope you'll forgive me. Uh, that's all right. Now, now, what can I do for you? <laughs> well, uh, well. Tell her, you coward. <laughs> Babe. Never mind, madam. I'll come in again some other time. Come on, babe. Aren't you going to exchange the laces? No. Don will have to take the metal tips and like it. 
He's not going to drive people crazy with those lousy shoelaces. Come on, let's go home. Oh, babe, it was nice of you to come in and pinch it for Mary when she got sick the last second. You were good, too. Hey, babe, come on. We left the car right around the corner. Yes, I know. Hey, babe, did I tell you next Sunday I'm going to do my broadcast for the boys at Birmingham General Hospital? Gee, that'll be swell. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know who's going to be with me? Who? Not a lot of people who used to be on my show a long time ago. Kenny Baker, Andy Devine, Schlepperman, Larry Stevens, and, of course, my own gang, you know. That ought to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be good to see him again. Just a minute, Jack. Just a minute. What's the matter? I've got a cinder in my eye. Where? Right here in the corner. Oh, wait till I get out my handkerchief. Ow! <laughs> Darn it, I forgot I reset it. <laughs> Good night, doll. Ladies and gentlemen, next Sunday we're going to do our Christmas broadcast from the Birmingham General Hospital, and a lot of the old gang will be here with the show. Kenny Baker, Andy Devine, Schlepperman, and Larry Stevens. Friends, here's a Christmas suggestion. Say Merry Christmas to your friends 200 times. How? This Was is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. Sounds like they uh, went over time a little bit, doesn't it, there? Well, thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Nightbeat, followed by Phil Harris and Alice Fay. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.